All right. Good morning. Happy Easter to everyone here. Happy Easter. Happy Resurrection to you too, Yahweh. No, I'm just sorry. All right, good to see everybody this Easter morning. Hopefully you're feeling good about life. Uh, just uh, be happy you woke up today. Even though your back hurt and your knees hurt, you still woke up this morning. Amen. So if you could turn your Bibles to John chapter 9. I have the lesson for us today, but it's called a sermonion because it's a sermon and communion combined together. So when I'm done, we're going to uh, pray for the bread in a cup, and hopefully everyone got one of these. If not, they'll pass them out. So uh, when I'm done, we will take communion together uh, as a church as well. So uh, thank you for joining us today, and I'm glad to have you here with us. Uh, if you do not have one, please raise your hand, and the ushers are coming down. They can uh, take care of you. Uh, but let me start out like this. You ever have those... Uh, well, let me just say this. Let me give you a scenario here. Um, every day a gentleman went to work, and he would ride the elevator. He lived in this high tower building. He would ride the elevator all the way down, get off, and go to work. But when he would come home from work, he would ride the elevator up to the sixth floor, get off, and then walk up to the rest of his flights. Except for the days when it was raining outside. When it was raining, he would just take the elevator all the way to the top. And you say, that's kind of weird. But you ever play those kind of games where you get a scenario and you can only ask questions with a yes or no answer? And you got to try to figure out what was going on. Well, in this scenario, the guy would come home from work, and instead of taking it all the way to the top floor where he lived, he would only go to the sixth floor because he was so short. That's as high as his hand could push the sixth. But when it was raining, he'd take his umbrella and he could push it with his umbrella and take it all the way up to the top floor. It's one of those situations you hear something and you're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Let's try one more. Uh, you want to? No, I'll just give you one more. <laughs> Friday night, a man dies. He's buried the same night. On Sunday morning, some of his friends arrive at the tomb where his body was buried to pay their last respects, only to discover that his body is gone. What happened? What's the situation? And this is what I want to look at this morning. In John chapter 20, Jesus died. He was buried. Yet the tomb was empty when his friends arrived there. And they asked the same question. What is going on? How could this be? Let's read in John chapter 20, starting in verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked, into, looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separated from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. 
He saw and believed. They did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head, one at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is, who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Because early in the morning, a group of women reached the tomb when the body had been laid. Now, Jesus' body was crucified, and they didn't even have enough time to make proper burial preparations for him. So they decided, let's go to the tomb. And as they're on their way to the tomb, they start thinking, you know what? Who's going to roll this big boulder away? How are we going to get in there? And as they're walking up to where it is, talking about this, they realize the boulder's already moved. They were in shock. So they ran and told the other disciples, this is what happened. And as they're telling the disciples, it intrigued Peter and John so much that they just got up and took off running for the tomb. Amen. <laughs> they went there to the tomb and they found everything just as Mary had said. The strips of linen was lying there, neatly folded. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stayed. And then suddenly two angels appeared, talked to her. Next thing you know, Jesus appeared to her. All this was just uh, amazing to her. The thing of it is, is that no one doubted Mary's part of the story. But they all needed to decide for themselves. Why was the tomb empty? And what does that mean for us? And that's why we're here today. We all understand, yeah, the tomb was empty. If not, we wouldn't be here at church this Sunday morning. You still be at home, relaxing or washing clothes, doing whatever you do on Sunday morning. But you know the tomb was empty, so you said, Jesus, something happened there. And this is what we got to understand. Now, if we know the tomb was empty, what does that mean for our lives today, though? And that's the same thing we need to focus on today. And so what I want to talk to us about, there were three witnesses that happened, three different people that saw this empty tomb. And I want to show you those three different responses because we need to have a response to the empty tomb as well. Now, what we're going to see after my sermon today, we're going to have a song, but then we're going to show you three different people that have a response to the empty tomb. And these three people are people who are dying to their old way of life, putting on Jesus as Lord in baptism and coming out of new creation. Amen. But they've made a decision how they're going to change their lives. And so today, what we're going to look at is a life-changing response to the empty tomb. Three people. The first person is John, the believer. John, the believer. He was first to arrive at the tomb. Look in verse 3 again. We're still in chapter 20, verse 3. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. When John heard the news, he jumped up and ran 
with all his might to the tomb. He wanted to believe because he loved Jesus so much. See, of all the disciples, he had been the most faithful. He was there in the courtyard when Jesus was being interrogated. He was there at the foot of the cross when Jesus was being crucified. He even took Jesus' mom into his home to take care of her. He didn't let the guards, what they said about Jesus, affect him. He was going to stay at the foot of the cross with Jesus. He was so excited about the possibility that Jesus actually is alive, that he ran faster than he's ever ran in his life. But when he got to the tomb, the Bible says he didn't go in. He looked inside and he saw what Mary said. But yet he still stayed outside. Why was that? Why did he stay outside? Maybe he was afraid. Maybe he was just tired from running so fast he had to catch his breath. What if Mary was wrong? He saw some of the evidence, but what if it wasn't exactly the way she said? And he'd have walked in and got his heart broken. What if it was a trap? All this happened just so the guards could set it up and say he was coming to steal Jesus' body and arrest him and put him in jail. He had all these things going on. The Bible doesn't exactly say why he waited outside, but all we know is that when he arrived, he didn't go inside first. After a few minutes, Peter showed up. Verse 6. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. When Peter finally showed up, he walked straight in. He didn't hesitate. He saw everything, just as Mary had said. It was as if Jesus' body just like transported, just faded away, and the cloth, everything was all neatly lying there. They both saw evidence that Jesus was no longer in the tomb, but they both responded differently. Again, in verse 8, finally the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. The Bible says John saw and he believed. The empty tomb was enough for him to believe. That was enough evidence for him that what the women said was true. But he saw an empty tomb and that's all that needed to be said. Jesus had really risen from the dead. Now, he heard the prophecies about the coming death. He heard about the resurrection. He heard Jesus saying that I'm going to come back. But yet, once he saw the empty tomb, he said, you know what? I believe. And that's all it took for him to believe. You know, there are many people in this room today just like John. What do I mean? You know there's an empty tomb. That's all you need. You don't need any more proof. And this is what Jesus said to those that believe because of an empty tomb. He talks about it in John 20, verse 29, and Jesus told them, because you have seen me, talking to Thomas, you believe. Because you've seen me, you believe. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Because John saw an empty tomb, he believed that Jesus was Lord all the way to his dying day. He was convinced, even though he saw people getting killed for being a Christian, even though he was persecuted. He went through so much, but yet 
Witnessing the empty tomb was enough to keep him faithful all the days of his life. If you believe Jesus came out the tomb, you need to be faithful all the days of your life. No matter what comes your way, hard times, good times, you prosper, you're suffering, that should be enough to help you stay faithful. First person is John, the believer. So when you walk out of here, you got to ask yourself, am I a believer? Is that enough? Do I need more proof? Or is the fact that the tomb is empty proof enough? The second person that showed up was Peter, the skeptic. John was the believer. He said, all I need to do is see it's empty and I'm good. Peter, he was a skeptic. It says, Peter, he was a little bit slower to arrive. Now, we don't know why. Maybe he was just an old man. Maybe all that fishing in the boat caused him to have arthritis in his knees. We don't know for sure. Maybe he was afraid. He was afraid to find out if Jesus was really in there. He, you know, he wasn't afraid of the soldiers. Think about it. When they came to arrest Jesus, he took a sword out and cut off one of the soldiers' ears. He wasn't afraid of the soldiers. But you know what he could have been afraid of? The last time he saw Jesus face to face was when he denied him for the third time. So he said, if I go in this tomb and Jesus is there, all the guilt from the last time he saw Jesus would have been there. He was thinking, you know what, my past, I, I don't know. I mean, I see the tomb and it's empty, but I got so much stuff in my past, I just don't know if I can just fully do it. See, he was a skeptic because of his past. You know, many of us have all kind of issues in our past. And if you're sitting there and don't think you do, don't lie on Sunday morning Easter. But sometimes our past can keep us from believing. Our past can hold us back from all the blessings that God has in store for us. But you know what? There was a woman who was bleeding for 12 years, and she walked up and touched Jesus, and her bleeding stopped. He healed her. Let me tell you, Jesus is not concerned about your past. He's concerned about your future. Peter went in, and he examined the evidence for himself. He saw the linen wrapped there, the piece of cloth that was around his head. He saw it all there. It was enough to prove something to Peter, but it wasn't enough to prove that Jesus was alive. He still was a skeptic. Another account in Luke chapter 24, the same account, verse 12, it says, Peter was wondering to himself what had happened. They read this earlier. Peter, he saw the empty tomb, and instead of believing like John, he started wondering. Man, what, what's really going on? You know how some of us can be so analytic, we read into things even more than what's there? Man was dead, now he's not. What else is there to wonder about? But yet, well, this could be this, or well, what if this, or what the scientists saying, what are the philosophies? Are you kidding me? The man was dead, you saw him die, and now he's no longer dead. But he was a skeptic. Look in verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes. Peter did one of the most foolish things of his whole life. He saw an empty tomb, and his response, I got to go home. Let me go back home. He left. 
Something as important as this was going on, and he left without coming to a conclusion as to what happened. If Peter had just hung around a little while longer, he would have gotten to experience the same miracle Mary is going to experience. Just as Mary, Jesus showed up to Mary, he would have been there and saw Jesus if he had just hung around. But instead, he went home. You get tired, you get frustrated, I need to go home and go to sleep. You get anxious, I need to go eat. We get so many things and our response is to get away from it. Too many of us today don't have enough evidence to place our faith in Jesus for the simple reason we didn't hang around long enough. Some of us don't have faith in God because we just didn't read our Bible long enough. We just didn't pray long enough. Some of us get up off of our knees without really getting the answer from God. Some of us don't hang around God's people long enough. Why? Because we just want to go home. I need to go back to my place of solitude. And what happens? We miss God's changing power. Listen, don't leave until you see the miracle. Peter walked away from the empty tomb of Jesus, not at peace. It said he walked away wondering what was going on. Listen, when this is all over with, you can walk away from today's service wondering what happened. Wondering what, what, what really happened today. I went to church, but what really happened today? How many times do we walk away wondering something? We walk away wondering, do they really like me anymore because they didn't give me a hug? Do they really like me because I didn't get but two likes on my Facebook posts? We start getting depressed because we leave wondering instead of finding out. Instead of staying long enough to reach a conclusion. This is why Peter was a skeptic. Because he did not hang around long enough. It chokes me up too. It's all right. But then there was a third person. Mary, the broken hearted. Mary, the broken hearted. Look in verse 11. It said, well, we'll start at verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and one at the foot. Now at this point, don't be distracted, but the people that are about to get baptized are going to come up with their families. They're going to go change, all that stuff. So don't, stay with me here. Don't be a skeptic. Don't wonder what's going on. Should I leave also? What's happening? It's all good. So be at peace with that. So let's focus here where I'm at. The angel asked a good question. Why are you crying? Now, look back in verse 1, chapter 20, verse 1. Early on the first week of the week, first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went into the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. Now it says in verse 1, while it was still dark. It not only talks about the fact that the sun hadn't risen yet, it talks about the condition of their hearts. It was the deepest, darkest time in her life. 
You know, Mary was depressed. Why? Psychologists will tell you that depression comes when you feel like you've lost something of great value. More, the more valuable to the person it is, the deeper the depression. Mary had lost something that was more valuable to her than anything else, and that's Jesus. But what did Jesus mean to her? Let me show you. Look at Mark chapter 16, verse 9. Mark 16, verse 9. This is why Mary was brokenhearted. Because to her, Jesus meant freedom. It says, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, whom he had driven out seven demons. When she met Jesus, she was enslaved by seven demons. Jesus cast those demons out of her. She was free. Jesus meant freedom to her. You know, some of us are plagued with some demons. A whole lot of stuff. Some of it could be finances. Some of it could be drugs, addiction. Some of it could just be anger, frustration, depression. Some of us are plagued with demons that Jesus is saying, I want to set you free from. Some of us don't even know how to have deep, meaningful relationships because of our upbringing. I understand. I've been in the same boat. Jesus is saying, I've come to set you free from that and to give you something of deeper meaning than the surface of the world. She was depressed because that freedom was gone. Not only that, but Jesus provided peace for her. Now, those of you who have kids and more than one, you know what a challenge it is. When you got one kid pulling you this way, another kid pulling you this way, and you got kids trying to get you to do this, take me here, feed me, I'm hungry, oh, I want some new shoes, all this stuff. Now here's Mary, she had seven demons in her head pulling at her all different directions. Now I'm not saying your child's a demon. Don't get me wrong, that's not my point. But the point is this, she has so much turmoil going on in her head because of these demons. And some of us can relate because we got stuff pulling us all directions too. But Jesus got rid of those demons and she once now had peace in her life. Jesus represented freedom. He represented peace for her. Not only that, Jesus represented forgiveness. He had forgiven her and released her from her sin of those demons. You know what? When you look at all that Jesus meant to her, no wonder she felt so depressed. Not only that, but she had somebody to believe in while Jesus was alive. The Bible says that Mary was a part of a group of women who financially supported Jesus in his ministry. He didn't have to work because all these women were there doing things on the side, giving to him financially. Why? She believed in what he was doing. Everyone needs somebody to believe in, guys. And that person she believed in was now taken away. She no longer had that leadership in her life. She had given her, he had given her life meaning. Jesus gave her life meaning and purpose. And now that was gone. So you look at it, her freedom, her peace, her forgiveness, someone to believe in, all that was gone. You think, man, she just had a rough time. But then a miracle happened. Again, verse 14, John 20, verse 14. That is the longest amen I've ever got in any sermon. That thing just strung out for a while. Amen. Be like little children. 
At this point, she, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not recognize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Seeing the Lord, that's what Mary wanted more than anything else. Think about it. All the stuff the guards were saying when they were crucifying Jesus. She didn't let it phase her at all. She still stayed at the cross. The guards, big tough men, swords and clubs. But they looked at Mary, and you know sometimes a woman can give you a look that just tells you, you know you need to back up. And they looked at her, and she gave them that look. They're just like, do what you got to do, lady. Because she was not going to be swayed by anybody. That's how much she wanted to be with Jesus. That's how much she loved Jesus. Nothing was going to sway her from that. Not even the fact that he was so bloody, he was so beaten, he was so marred. It said, marred beyond human likeness. He didn't even look like a person. That's how bad he was beat. But yet, it didn't gross her out. She didn't turn away. She still wanted to be with Jesus. This is how badly... She wanted to be with Jesus. So when that empty tomb occurred, she herself went from having a broken heart to having a relief, a joy beyond any measure of joy she could experience. Let me say this in conclusion. Everyone here is like one of these three witnesses to the tomb. All three of them have been told about what had happened that day. Mary was told by the angels. Peter and John were told by the women what happened. Everybody was told, so they knew what had happened that day. But they still had to make a decision for themselves. Again, many like John, all you need to do is know there's an empty tomb and you have enough to believe in. Some are like Peter. You see the empty tomb and you're not really sure what's going on. But let me tell you this. Don't walk away without understanding. Peter walked away, and he didn't understand what was going on. Don't let this be another church service that you punched your card on and you went to. Don't walk away not understanding. If there's something that's still bothering in your heart, you know what? It's time for you to sit down and read and pray on your own. Read and pray with somebody. But don't let your fears and your past stop you from being able to believe in what God is saying. And then there's some like Mary, who loves the Lord, but at the same time have a lot of heartbreak in their life. But Jesus is saying, I'm here not to break your heart, but to heal your heart. I'm here to help you rejoice, help you be at a different place. That's why we're here worshiping today. To not just see, oh, it's Easter, oh, there's an empty tomb, but to see, what does that mean for me today? And some of us, we need to make a decision. You need to understand, one thing that Peter messed up on, he left and went home and it was all done. Some people will leave today and don't come back to church till Christmas. I used to be there. The three holidays I went to church, Easter, Christmas, and my birthday. Those three holidays was the only time I went. Don't wait. Don't wait. You need to come back next Sunday. 
We got a brother preaching next Sunday from the church in Trinidad. He's going to be here. It's going to be an incredible time. We're going to have a celebration. It's going to be an incredible time of what we're doing. But even that isn't the reason to come back. Jesus is the reason to come back. Because even though he may be preaching from Trinidad, it's still Jesus in our lives today. Amen? I want us to focus. What does the cross, what does the empty tomb mean to you? Are you going to be a believer? Are you going to walk out of here a skeptic? Or are you going to walk out of here realizing that Jesus wants to heal your broken heart?